ESPN 1420, ESPN1420.com, and the ESPN 1420 app. Welcome back into the Great Scott Show, the Great Sports Callers Open Think Tank. Typically, he joins us on Fridays, but this Friday is Christmas. The following Friday is New Year's. So, our last opportunity to visit with our Saints and Pelicans correspondent, Gus Kattengell, here in the year of 2020. Uh, he is over there getting ready to call a doubleheader today as uh, Tulane Hoops taking on East Carolina. Gus, good morning, man. How's life? I'm doing well, man. How are you doing? I- I'm good. So do you, you know, you-, you have to travel shortly before Christmas. Do you have all the presents taken care of? I mean, is the wife, you got the present for the wife, right? Um, that's coming. That's coming on Wednesday. <laughs> I-, I will, uh, I'll, I'll make sure I, I, I got to, uh, I got the Friday morning, right? Is that, is that right? Yeah, I just, I'm just Friday trying to morning. help you out, man. You know, because like, uh, look, dude, I December's been awful. I've had pretty much three, four day road trips every week since December started. So I'm not home, <laughs> but I will at some point. Um, go help Santa. You know, at some point, it's gonna happen. It's got to see. You know, with me, it's like my wife's birthday is tomorrow, and then Christmas is two days after. So she does like all of the organization in terms of like kids presents and family and relatives and friends and godchildren and all this stuff. So I'm like, all right, I just got to make sure I get those presents, right. Birthday and Christmas that come two days apart. If I can get that right, then, you know, I can kind of get away with not being the most organized individual. So she ends up handling all of the other stuff. So you got to kind of nail that gift, right? Mm. Especially when you consider that she's not only making sure that a new four year four year old is, you know, recently turned four year old, not new, like but he just buy him, but he just turned four. Um, you know, taking care of him, bringing him to school and uh and a new puppy that we've had now for two weeks. So yeah, that's uh I guess what you're trying to tell me is I got uh, Santa's got to come through. Oh yeah, buddy! Like the way that you feel about cracklings when you get them in the mail from me, <laughs> it's got to be that tenfold with whatever you get your uh, wonderful uh, wife. But uh, yeah, yeah. well, you know, I, um, I got dude. Let me tell you. Let me tell you what Santa's got. Santa's got this, and then um, I have a 40 year old birthday party for August and a 10 year wedding anniversary the following July. So. Um, I'm going to be busy. <laughs> you got any other, any extra work for me? <laughs> um, you know, <laughs> I, I, maybe, maybe we'll see. Uh, uh, we'll see. I can, I don't, I don't know if that's exactly what you want, uh, as a present from, yeah. uh, from your buddy here, but yeah. hang in there, brother. We appreciate you taking the time. All right. So here's the segue. If you were going to give the saints one Christmas present, realistic, you can't say, you know, free cap space forever or some health elixir. But uh, but what 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 Christmas present do the Saints need from Santa here as they go into this stretch and get ready for the postseason? Man, this is an easy, easy answer. You've, you've played video games in the past, right? Uh, I mean, dude, you're probably like me, though, now. You have I, no, I'm no a gamer. Time. I'm, I'm a legit gamer, so yes, I know video you games. You still are. You have time. That's incredible. Not much, I, not much. I, but uh, but like two <laughs> years ago, and I'm telling you, I think I've played it three times. I mean, I would... I would love to. I just honestly can't find the time. But if you're telling me you're still gaming, then I feel like I need to get my game on. But my point is this. In any game that we play, um, the last one I was doing, a little Call of Duty, right? Don't you have those little health kits? You know what I'm talking about? Uh-huh. Either it's a, it's a piece of chicken or it's you know, a little oh, yeah. box with the white cross on it. Mm-hmm. Whatever you want to use as the symbol, the New Orleans Saints are in desperate need of finding a health kit. 
that is the only thing I think right now that will keep them from making a run, um, much less their ultimate goal of even going to the Super Bowl, because they're going to be watching it like we are unless they somehow get healthy. And I don't know if it's, you know, a voodoo priestess, uh, praying the Buddha, Jesus, you name it. They've got to figure something out because the month of December the last several years has been absolutely brutal to this team. And to me, you can make the case an argument with the timeline, flowchart, graphics, that it's derailed the Saints' chances. Um, and, you know, two seasons ago was the O-line. Last year was the D-line. Right now, it's basically anybody and everybody at the skill position, offense and defense, and the offense and defensive line. When you look at that game that took place on Sunday, it's an absolute joke that that was just a three-point game when you think about it. I mean, you, you can look at the stats that shine like neon lights to you about time of possession, third down conversion, um, things of that nature. But, I mean, little Jordan Humphrey scored a touchdown against the Kansas City Chiefs. So give him credit. <laughs> give the Saints credit for being able to manipulate and work the practice squad um, to their extent to be able to go back and forth and, you know, keep him over the last year or so to where he's not on another team where he can come in and score a touchdown, man, in a game like that. So give them credit, give the next man up philosophy credit. But my goodness, man, and when you're losing starters from Michael Thomas to Pete going in and out to um, other defensive linemen being injured to Trey Hendrickson to Marcus Williams, I, I mean, look, it stinks because when they were healthy, it was the Tampa Bay Buccaneer game at Tampa. I mean, that's what they're capable of. It, they're the best team in the NFC when they're healthy. When they're not healthy, it's a battle. I mean, it's, so it's an easy answer for me. It's health somehow, some way to the point where I think, Scott, that's actually how you approach the next two weeks. I'm not even worried about wins. You're in the playoffs. You're going to play one way, shape, or form, whether it's in New Orleans or whether you're going on the road on January 9th wildcard weekend. You're going to be playing football that weekend. You're not getting the one seed. So I need to do, if I'm Sean Payton, whatever I need to do to make sure my starters are healthy. If that's sitting some offensive line guys, sit them. If that's sitting Marcus Williams this week, sit them. If that's sitting whoever I – Drew Brees, right? Because he was not healthy. He said he wasn't healthy. He didn't look healthy. I don't know why they played him last week. But they have got to get healthy, Scott, or it's going to be a first-round exit again. It, Gus Catgill, Saints and Pelicans correspondent. It is health. You know, I, I did a little gallery post on our website. It's there this morning. And it's a Saints fans Christmas wish list. And the number one wish is obviously, you know, uh, another Lombardi trophy, a Super Bowl but one of the things on there, it's so funny that you brought this up, Gus, because one of the things on there, I actually, I swear, I kid you not, and I know you haven't read it yet because I, I, I haven't quite hit publish yet. I put health elixir that you would get in a video game. I literally have that as one of the eight things on this list. So our mind is not only going to the same thing they need, but the same metaphor when you think of video games. But to me, it's it's clear. Here's the weird thing. Like, it's not weird, I guess. This is just how the narratives work. If the Saints had recovered an onside kick and and somehow miraculously won a game, they really had no business even losing by three, which was to the Eagles. And if Anzalone falls on that ball and they somehow miraculously win a game, they probably should have lost by more than three to Kansas City. 
everyone would be saying, yeah, they're the one seed, but they're, you know, look how vulnerable they are. I mean, I don't really trust them. And yet they're not anymore. They've lost two in a row. And I think the narrative is, well, you still got to look out for them in the playoffs because they're really deep. It's, it's strange how when you're winning, there's like this, this need, if you're winning and it's not like stylish, to kind of bring you down. But when you're losing close games and you have a deep roster, it's like, well, they're better than they've shown. I, I, I had no positives to take away from the game against Philadelphia. The game against Kansas City... To me, it was like, I, I don't know how you only gave up 32 to a Kansas City team that was on the field for 43 minutes and ran 98, 90, 98 plays, 92 technically, because six of those 98 were negated by defensive penalties. But that is a, a ridiculous amount. When you got off to the slow start you did offensively, and when you're out there throwing, practice, throwing balls to practice squad players that got called up that day, when you're missing Michael Thomas and Traquan Smith and Deontay Harris and you're having to rely on Jawan Johnson, who, who couldn't catch anything and does no synergy with Breeze whatsoever and is falling all over the turf, it just it's, it's obvious right now that that's what this team needs. That's what's in the way. If they're fully healthy, is there a guarantee they win the NFC? There's not. There's not. But I tell you what, they'd probably be the favorite. And their defense is deep. But without without that offense, at without those guys at receiver, and with the injuries on the O-line and the guys playing through it, they're very vulnerable right now. Very vulnerable. But they're good enough to win. They're good enough to face Kansas City potentially one more time in a Super Bowl if they're able to get healthy. So like you said, you know, look, I, I think you want to win the division, maybe get a home game. But at this point, it's just get healthy for the playoffs. And they, and, and I think that's their mindset. Some would say it's not because they let Breeze play. I, I think, look, once Breeze healthy enough to go, he has to knock off the rust at some point. You don't want to wait for him to knock off the rust in a playoff game because – even in that game last year, Gus, when he came back and lit up Arizona, if you go back and look at the first quarter, it he wasn't he didn't have this rhythm going, and then he found it in the second quarter, and then they were up and running and they dominated. Now Sunday they were playing a much better team, and and he had a lot less to work with in the receiving core. But all of that is just a long winded way of saying, man, if they can get healthy in the playoffs, healthy enough, they're gonna they're gonna be all right. A team with a still injured quarterback, no Michael Thomas, no Deontay Harris, no Marquez Callaway, Marquez Callaway, no Traquan Smith. So four of the top five on your receiver depth chart, all out, only lost by three to Mahomes, who had the ball for forty three plus minutes. I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I'm okay with that. You just you gotta get healthy. Bottom line, healthy enough. No one's gonna be fully healthy, but you gotta get healthy enough. And their decision to put Thomas on IR and wait. Basically say he could go, but it's just going to keep bothering him. We're just going to take him out, have him healthy for the playoffs. I think that tells you their mindset in terms of how they're going to approach these last two games of the regular season. Yeah, and, and like I said, that's why when I was saying earlier, that's what they need to do. I, I think that's exactly how they have to go about it. And it's kind of, I mean, you have to look at it as a way and an opportunity to um, – get healthy and get going. You know, that's the most remarkable thing. Like, statistically, it was awful. And when you look at that and you look at um, where that game was against the talent that was on the field for Kansas City, dude, you're right. Anybody other than that, you can sort of go beat them. But look, that, that's a team this year that's lost one game, and that's been their games this year. They've been in close games. They find a way to win. They just pull it out. That's why it's hard to repeat, man. You don't have very many 
Super Bowl repeat and as champions because it's just hard, whether it's players that leave for other contracts, whether it's injuries. Look, I, I think that Elaire injury can, can be bad for them, you know? So, um, but they found a way to win. And, you know, any other team, you can make the case an argument that the Saints made me win yesterday. Um, but, you know, it wasn't. So let, let's see how they, they, they managed to, to fight off these injuries and get going. But I, like I said, I, I just think, to me, you, you have to get healthy. Because you mentioned, man, poor Juwan. I mean, it, some guys are capable of being next man up. And some, there's a reason why they're being developed, you know, and aren't really game ready. And again, you, you got put into a situation, man, where you're face a team that even Drew Brees said they showed looks they weren't expecting. Spagnolo is a very good defensive coordinator. Even Sean Payton gave him credit. I know a lot of Saints fans remember his one season here, and people say, oh, he was terrible. Well, you have to have the personnel to run your scheme, and he didn't have the personnel to run that scheme. So, it just didn't work. Um, it's worked a lot better in Kansas City, but look, that's still a defense you can run on. But again, when you don't fear the pass, that's that's what you saw. It was easy. It was easy. I, I will play the entire game with the chance that they're going to take two chances. And even when they did, and they connected on the only deep ball, which was Sanders, he didn't score. So, if that's my fear, there is no fear. If that's their biggest pass play they're going to get. One time a game, man, I'm not even remotely. I, I, I should be fired if I have two safeties playing coverage, if I'm playing cover two and all that. Like, that's re- so th- that's why, um, I, you know, it was my second great feeling or, or take that I saw from that game. You saw, Scott, where the Saints want to be and where they need to be, especially at that quarterback position. I know this is – kind of a sidestep but to me it's a story it's um you you allowed a guy that wasn't healthy to go out there because I, I guess you're telling me you felt he was going to give you a better shot than the guy that's been starting for four games well there's a chasm between what you saw at quarterback on one team and the other in there and again that's no disrespect to Drew Brees he's this is his final season Pat Mahomes oh, is just starting his career mm-hmm. but you can see it there. You can see it in other games on Sunday, man. You have better have a quarterback. You, you have to have a quarterback that can throw the ball with power, that can move in and around the pocket, that can extend plays and make plays. You have better have that. And if you don't, good luck to you. I mean, like I said, in previous Fridays with you and, and whenever day we get together, man, it's, the job that Sean Payton's done juggling that, the fact that the Saints were even in contention for the top seed has been remarkable. But at some point in time, Sean said it two weeks ago, your quarterback's going to have to make plays. And when your quarterback cannot make certain plays, it shrinks your package and what you can do, angle of attack. And it may work when everyone's healthy, but when you start having injuries, that's when it really hurts you to not have a playmaker at quarterback. And Drew Brees is not a playmaker at quarterback anymore. We can argue about that, but he's just not. So injuries to the line, you have injuries to your skill players. You have tight ends that, I mean, people are crushing cook for looking disinterested and not running the right routes and all this other stuff. So when you have all of that and you don't have a quarterback that himself can extend plays, make a play with his leg, make a play with his arm where he's just throwing people open, um, that's going to be really, really tough to try to win 
moving on down the line. Yes, yeah, ESPN1420.com. That's why it's Super Bowl or bust, man. You better get it done here during this stretch. And to do it, you're going to need some healthy players and you're going to need somebody uh, other than Lil Jordan Humphrey, Jawan Johnson, and Tommy Lee Lewis getting one-on-one man coverage to throw the football to. Uh, ESPN1420. Gus is our guest. So uh, with these games moving forward, Gus, obviously it's a short week. They're playing on Christmas. They're playing a Vikings team that has been an absolute thorn in the side of this franchise for so many years. A Vikings team that at 6-8 and eight is technically not eliminated, but with their last two losses to Tampa Bay and the Bears kind of played their way out of the playoffs. A Vikings team that has to play on the road on a short week on Christmas Day. But a Vikings team that, you know, you don't... You, you don't 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 screw this up. Don't ruin Christmas for all the Saints fans. Just don't do it. I know that, like you said, it's it's about getting healthy for the playoffs. Just don't lose to the Vikings. I mean, it'd be nice to at least win a division on Christmas Day, wouldn't it? Just don't lose. Just just don't um, lose to the Vikings yeah. and, and give a steady it, it, it dose would, of the ball to nice. your running backs. Um, Run the football. You know, and, it, and here's the thing, dude. I just think it's it, it's matchups. I think it's you have a good coach that's um that's been able to get a lot out of his players too. And they play a certain way. And look, this year didn't start out the way that they would have liked. Right. I mean, they, they went a while before they got their first win. Um, I think they had to adjust. Maybe they sort of learned like the Saints did, you know, losing Stephon Diggs, and, you know, letting go of some other players and then give contracts to it affects your chemistry. It affects your offense. Their starting quarterback wasn't playing very well. Again, when you, move around some of uh, his opponents, uh, I mean, um, you know, weapons. But at the same time, it took a bit. But you look at Jefferson, you know, the LSU Tiger, he's making a run right now for rookie of the year in terms of his production and his value, what he's been able to do. So, look, Dalvin Cook is still solid again. He was been banged up on and off. But when he's healthy, you see what he can do. We saw it firsthand against the, um, the Saints last year. I, there, there's one – area that makes me feel slightly better. You don't have some of the defensive players that absolutely made the Saints' life a living, you know what, in some of the past meetings. So two or three of them from the D-line are no longer there. You don't have a corner, you know, that's there. So I, it, it's a little bit better in terms of that. But look, it, it, was a, it was just a matchup problem, I thought, when these two teams faced. Plus, more importantly, you had a team that just didn't fear you. You just didn't they, – they didn't fear you. You know, they didn't fear you last year going to the playoffs. Um, you have a coach that's like, bring them on. You have a quarterback in Cousins that says, I don't care who they are. We're going to play them. So, um, and like I said, Dalvin Cook is their guy. they got no problem giving him the ball as many times as possible and let him go to work. So, I, I think it, it's been a matchup issue. It's a little different from the previous seasons, but it's still a team that literally, in their minds, coming in to – to play and win on Friday. And, you know, you have to match that from your opponent. ESPN 1420, just just get it done, man. Um, you know, I, I, I'm, again, the defense, I still don't know how they only gave two when the Chiefs had the ball for as long as they did, ran as many plays as they did. Like, the Chiefs are, 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 are incredible. I mean, I, I, didn't, I didn't pick the Saints to win that game last week. I, I picked the Chiefs to win. I thought it'd be close, and it was, but I – you look at the box score, one of ten on third down. You're like, how was it? How was it close? But when Mahomes goes, you know, I, I, fifty four percent completion. You know, when guys like 
you know, Tyree Kill have 53 yards. Travis Kelsey have 68 yards. That's mm-hmm. in the amount of time and plays they run. Like, that's doing your job defensively against the Chiefs. But offensively, you got to get some help. You got to get some first downs. You got to stay on the field. And I think for Minnesota, really, their their key is yeah. You, Justin Jefferson's good, as is Thielen. Of course, it's, you know they beat the Saints in the playoffs last year. Just don't get going because teams the last two weeks have been able to run the football against the Saints. Now against Philly, the Saints did everything wrong. Against Kansas City, they were just daring the Chiefs to run because they weren't gonna. They were playing you know their safeties well off of the line and just saying okay go ahead and try to throw deep. You know, we dare you, and, and we're not going to let you beat us that way. So the game plan will be different against Minnesota. But I think the only way the Vikings win, aside from winning the turnover margin by a lot, is if Dalvin Cook gets going. Because if he does, suddenly the Saints are playing catch-up, ball control, third down is 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 pivotal, it's vital, and now the interior of that O-line just really, for the Saints, becomes that big, uh-oh, right? That big, uh, just look out for this, that red flags. Just slow down, Dalvin Cook. Do that, and I think you're okay. And then you get, you know, Carolina in week 17, and we'll see where you go from there. But, you know, if you could finish two instead of three, that's that's not a bad thing because you're probably going to face, you know, Arizona or Carolina. Uh, excuse me, um, not Arizona or Carolina, Arizona or Chicago, as opposed to maybe the three spot if – you know, you and the Seahawks, if the St. Seahawks Packers all finish 12 and four, I think in terms of the, the tiebreaker, it's common opponents. So Seattle would actually be the one seed. The Saints would fall to three. So if you can get these wins, fine. But most importantly, as we wrap up the Saints talk, Gus, like you said, to begin this call, just don't lose any key players here. Don't bring anybody back too soon. Get healthy because whether you're on the road or at home, you got no shot in the playoffs unless you get some of these key players, especially on offense, back on the field. You know, I mean, the other element of it, too, you mentioned it. I mean, you want to face that Bears defense again, um, and look, Trubisky, you want to have a Kirk Cousins episode that happened last year. You know, the guy has a career game against you. Um, How do you feel about going up against Murray? You know, you want to talk about a mobile quarterback that can extend plays. You know, that's that's a guy that can do that as well. Um, they're a roller coaster, man. I've seen them win games where I'm like, no way. And then I've seen them lose games where you know how. Um, I, I, like I said, I almost would rather face Tampa. I, I know their personnel. I know what they can do, um, whether it's a mental issue with them or not. Do they press? Do they stress? But at the same time, you saw the first half and second half in Atlanta. Yes, uh, Sunday with them. You know, you saw a game that, looked out of reach and yet they when they find rhythm they're capable of scoring it and being a good football team look a, a playoff is a playoff game i mean you're not going to have um you're going to have to play somebody a walkthrough game. exactly yeah. you're going to have to so that's why like you're saying and i'm saying i think even sean showing it by putting thomas on ir it's, it's about getting healthy i think everyone in that building believes um that it's about getting healthy. So I'm interested this week to see how, how it goes. I mean, I know Breeze went already, so I, I know my, my guess is he is going to play and start, and, and obviously he feels better. But, you know, it stinks to hear him say he's not healthy. So he played before. But um, then I just go back to, man, the conversation I had with you last week. I, if, if you take care of your business in Philadelphia, you know, we would have been talking about yes, uh, Sunday's game going – Man, I tell you what, dude, it, 
you know, despite all that, and Taysom Hill fumbled again, it, they lost by three, but Drew will probably play this week. And, you know, and you feel better. And I just, that, that, you just really hope that loss at Philly in the game we look back on in a couple of weeks and go, what could have been? They got work to do. Gus Cattengill, our guest. All right, Gus, before we let you run, Merry Christmas. I have two more things I want to get your thoughts on. Sure. Um, one is Billy Napier, um, you know, him reportedly turning down an offer from Auburn. I think, you know, some of it might have had to do, it's just my opinion. Billy is very big about his staff, taking care of his staff, having some autonomy in terms of who he has on his staff. Um, and if a team's or university's maybe not willing to give him that, I don't know that I don't think he's willing to go even for a good job. And I think Auburn, some people think it's a terrible job. I think it's a, a good, one of the better jobs in college football. But, uh, but he's, again, committed to Louisiana. He has turned down a number of offers. Obviously, I think it says something about how he feels about what he can continue to do here. Um, not just because he likes it here, but, you know, if at some point he goes, and I think at some point it'd probably happen, um, you know, he feels like that right perfect offer is going to come along. But but still, you know, Auburn's like, what do you think? And it's like, no, no thanks. I'm, I'm good where I'm at at UL. You've talked to him. Um, I had him on the show yesterday. I'm going to talk to Louisiana Raging Cajun Director of Athletics, Dr. Brian Maggard, coming up here at the top of the hour about, um, you know, Billy and some other things and getting ready for the bowl game. But from afar, again, you're over there in NOLA. Uh, you've gotten a number of calls this year about Coach Napier. Obviously, I'll cover the SEC as well, and some teams in the SEC have been interested in him in the last few years. And he says, no, nah, I'm good. What, uh, what was your thoughts when you heard yesterday that he, uh, he was staying put and uh, basically Auburn had a lot of interest? There were reports that there was actually an offer. There were other reports that he was their top guy, but he eventually said it's okay. What were your thoughts when you learned all of that? Um, I think the only thing you can deduce from that is you have someone who has a, a very clear idea of what he wants. And, and, and unless it's that, I, I don't think it, he's going to deviate from it. Um, you know, I, I get it. Maybe it's a, you have a situation where right now you, you have a good program. You probably have your recruits where you want. You have an idea of what it takes to sort of um, – win and, and need in this conference. So it's a good spot. Um, you're likely going to keep winning. You're likely going to be competing for conference titles. Your name isn't going to go anywhere. Maybe it's not just the SEC, but maybe other Power 5 schools. Um, like you said, the right fit, right? I mean, we talked about it with Stan Van Gundy and the Pelicans, that he was the right fit at the right time right now. You mentioned having your staff. He believes highly in the staff, even though he's had turnover the last several years. So maybe it's, you know, making sure that he can hire who he wants, but with the compensation from that standpoint and, and what he knows what he needs it to, to be. Um, I'm going to throw in, um, and I don't know if this would be the case or not, but a, a, a Vegas uh, individual reached out to me. We were talking on Monday that it really does look like you might get a package deal with Trevor Lawrence and Dabo Sweeney. Now, whether you know, it's one or two teams going, so it could be the Jets um, that could go that direction, Jacksonville, but whatever those two teams, they need coaches, Doug Marone currently there, but you know, it could very well be a situation where you know, 
Clemson could be made available. I don't know. You know what I mean? But I, I just wonder if you if if it's for for Billy if it's just sitting there and looking at different situations and seeing where can I consistently with because the second you're hired at Auburn, you're on the hot seat. And I don't blame him. Look, I'll be honest with you. You're going to get a huge payday. Gus Melzon got $21 million to leave campus. I would love to fail at something and be given $21 million. So you can look at it like this. Many, many people, I'd say 90% of people that I know, would take the job wing, you're probably not going to be a better program than Alabama, but you're going to walk away with at least 10 to 15 to $20 million. Your family, your kids, your kids' kids will be set up. And you know what? You, you're taking it as a payday. You're going to have the fans all over you. You know you have to be bam at the end of the year. You better be a game away from bam leading into that game. So that's what it's going to be. Um, you're going to get access to better recruits. You're going to get more notoriety, but with that comes heat. So if money is important, which, again, you're, you're setting generations of, I, I, I have a hard time understanding why people would want that. So I get it. At the same time, maybe there are other schools in different areas, different markets, different places where, you know, you win there and you can contend and can compete and still, you know, um, be given some opportunity to stay there for longer than three to five years and, and create, make a name for yourself. And look, it's, to me, it's almost like the AD debate. And I know I'm kind of going long winded on this, but you know, it's where do you want to make a name for yourself? I mean, it, you know, it, it's nice going to other places that have statues and names and stadiums named after coaches. Is it such a bad thing to maybe be that guy that a stadium, a field, a statue is made of and, and you're known as the person that turned around a program or, or built it to that next level. So I think it really depends on the individual, what they want, Scott, because all of those things, man, sound great, you know, and look, it, it's, those are SEC schools. Maybe it's a big 10, maybe it's a AC. It's, um, yeah. Oh, you never know. Right now you mentioned, you know, building something and doing something special. that's never been done before. Right now he's done that in just three years at UL. And um, all signs indicate there'll be another year, and we'll see what happens. But uh, just um, just done a phenomenal job, and I know you know they've never been more disappointed than they were last week when they got word once they had gotten to Conway that they couldn't play in that game. They wanted to play Coastal. They said, "Look, let's let's try it in a bowl game." Coastal wanted no part of it, uh, so they're 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 still trying to reel from that disappointment and turn the page and, and get ready for this bowl game coming up on Saturday against UTSA but uh the job he's done's been phenomenal and uh someday if you know when he maybe accepts an offer there's a lot of interest i think it'll be somebody that's like here here are the full keys to the kingdom if you will and um you know no no strings attached what do you want to do with your staff but uh the university here since the day you know i remember my biggest um, takeaway from the hiring process was how much they gave him at UL in terms of here's what we're going to give you uh, in terms of money-wise that, that we're, that we're going to give to your staff. You're going to go out and get great staff members. The coaching staff as a whole has never been – and they've, look, they've had some, some good coaches come through UL, but the entire staff as a whole, uh, it's never been better than it's been the last few years with, uh, with Coach Napier. So – I know, <laughs> excuse me, I know they've got more work to do to wrap up this year, uh, hopefully with a top 15 finish, and they'll do that, I think, with a win 
on Saturday. ESPN 1420.com. I'm Scott Prather. That is Saints and Pelicans correspondent Gus Cattengale. Gus, final thing for you this morning. We appreciate the time. Merry Christmas. The Pelican season tips off tomorrow. I don't want to say it snuck up on me because I know it's been coming, but it feels that way just because of the oddity of 2020 and playing in Orlando in the bubble and the NBA season not ending until October. But here they go. And I am, uh, I am excited. I am intrigued. I think it's going to take a while for them to really get into a rhythm. I have issues and questions about their shooting ability. I have questions about them after they get to uh, pass number seven on the roster in terms of rotation. But I think mm-hmm. the top seven in the rotation, really strong. I think this team goes as far as Zion's health and availability takes them. I love B.I. I think he's good. I think Zion, if healthy, could be a generational-type talent. Um, I love his conditioning in the two preseason games we got to see. So I'm excited any year when the season tips off. Where, where are you in terms of an excitement level, and what to you is the both short-term and big long-term picture for this franchise before we let you run? For the season you're talking about, like where, where I see yeah, them just, going this year? Yeah, kind of where you see them going this year, maybe early in the season, and then okay. how you think they'll um, be playing later in the season? I, look, I, I think you're going to see a bit of a learning curve, obviously, uh, in terms of the rotation and in terms of what players are going to be used. Um on the court and, and really their depth and, and, you know, again, things that Stan Van Gundy is to kind of figure out. Um, I know I've been told from some people that Stan really loves the early schedule. He, he loves the challenge. He loves the early challenge. He wants the early challenge to kind of get to know where they are and then to also kind of understand what they need to do to get better. Um, so the rest of the season can kind of get going here. Um, I think you're going to see, a really big year out of Zion. I think you're going to see Lonzo maybe take another step to even be a better player as well. I think this seems to be better defensively. I think the addition of Steven Adams is, going to, is really going to pay off in some games. And I think more importantly, once you start to see the development of Na, Kyra, Jackson towards the end of the year, that would be kind of my long-term um, you know, outlook. I, I think those guys may come in and, and, and maybe surpri- pleasantly surprise you. You know, in March, April, something of that nature. Scott, I think bottom, um, like predicting wise, I, I think yeah. the, the 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 floor for me, honestly, is the playing game. I see no reason why this team, at the very least, can't be a ten seed to, to play in that playing playoff round. Um, but I, I think, I think they, they're capable of, of being in the playoff. I think they're a playoff team. I, I legitimately think they're a playoff team. I thought that they were maybe a playoff team last year. If they were healthy, um, they were making the run towards that towards the year last year. And I think you're going to be coached better. They're going to play better. They're going to be defensively better than they were last year. And I, and I dare say I think the players are going to be better. So I'm going to boldly predict a seventh seed. For the Pelicans here. Well, if that's the case, you're playing in, but you have a little bit of a safety net there. You only got to win once. Uh, I, I look. I think I'm kind of leaning more toward the nine or ten spot. But in a year like uh, this season, if you're playing better later in the season than you will early, like you and I both think they are, that sets mm-hmm. up well to potentially, 
you know, upset somebody and get in there. Um, I'd love to see it. And I think long term beyond this season, you're looking two, three years from now. But uh, but yeah, man, I'm excited. Looking forward to it tipping off. And I know you guys over at ESPN 100.3 in New Orleans are the flagship here in Acadiana. Our sibling station, Talk Radio 960, broadcast the uh, Pelicans game. So uh, there are ways to hear it here and uh, there are ways to watch it. And it's going to be exciting. I know it's a, a sports smorgasbord right now. You know, we got four area teams, high school-wise, that are playing for state championships in the days after Christmas. We got the Saints on Christmas Day. We got the Cajuns playing the day after Christmas. And, uh, and, and of course, you know, the Pelicans tipping off their season tomorrow evening uh, in Tampa against the Raptors, where Toronto's having to play their games this year. What a wild, uh, what a wild season it's been. What a wild year it's been, Gus. I appreciate all of the time you spent with us here in 2020 in a weird sports year. Um, Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. The next time you and I chat, the Saints are, I don't think they're getting a bye. I mean, they could, but I doubt it. I think they'll be getting ready to play a playoff game either the day after we chat or the Sunday after we chat. So, it's going to be right around the corner, and the Pels are going to have a number of games under their belt between now and then. So look forward to talking to you on, uh, geez, it's going to be January the 8th. I'll be a year older, but um, hopefully the, th- the, the, the teams we like to cover and follow will have a lot of success between now and then. But once again, man, safe travels, uh, all the best. Merry Christmas to you, the family, and we really, really appreciate the time. Always a pleasure, man, and uh, take care. And- uh, let's see what happens. 2021 has got to be a little bit better than 2020, right? I'm, I'm here for it. You know, 2020, the first big sporting event that started it was the Saints playoff loss. So uh, let's hope that 2021 kicks off a little better, man. I'm, I'm here for wins. Let's get some wins, right? Sounds good to me, man. Take care, man. Have, uh, have a happy Christmas. You too. All the best.